couple of years ago, when I was at a party in the summer, very similar to a night like this, under the stars, cool breeze, I found myself engaged in an engrossing conversation with a stranger I never met before. And there was something different about this guy. He had a twinkle in his eye. He had a glow to him. He was strong. I was able to tell he was truly content. He was happy with himself. He worked out. He was healthy. He had a lot of friends. There were a lot of girls coming up to him. And I looked at him and I said, there's something different about this guy. And hours passed. I forgot I was at the party. And you all know what I'm talking about. When there's a conversation you're in that just time passes and you don't realize what's happening. Anyway, he came off to me as being truly happy. And you have to understand, I grew up in a community where I was surrounded, like all of us, with very inspiring, successful people, right? We have business people, philanthropists, artists, musicians, athletes. Our community is one of the most inspiring, successful communities on the planet. But what I noticed about this person is he had this happiness to him that was true. And it's very cliche. You say happiness isn't really a thing. It's a state that you get into sometimes. But the way I, when I say happiness, I'm talking about waking up in the morning and you're just grateful to be alive. It doesn't matter what adversity you're facing, what challenges you're facing. You're just grateful to have another day to progress, to build, to create. And he had it. Now, I never met anyone in the world like this that was similar to me. What do I mean? I met Rabbi Shalom Arush. Most of you, I'm sure I've heard of him. I lived with him for three days, inspiring beyond imagination. I've never met someone so happy and grateful in my life. But that's a separate subject. But this kid was someone just like me and you, and he had it. And I didn't understand how. And then I heard his story. He was born with a muscular degenerative disease called muscular dystrophy where basically over time the muscles in the body deteriorate, leaving the victim paralyzed. By the age of 12, you can't really walk and you lose other functions. You know, he's telling me this and I'm looking at him, and he looks strong, he's standing on his two feet, he, he, he's learned, he looks content. He's not talking the talk, this guy's walking the walk. And he went through some wild adversity. Kids used to make fun of him, that he runs funny, he walks funny, he can't move fast. He had a lot of physical challenges, as you can imagine. He would fall, he broke both his legs. He got into a near-fatal car accident and broke his back, his ribs. He punctured a lung, broke both his arms. And I'm looking at him, and he looks happier than me and everybody I know combined, and I'm like, how? How are you standing in front of me, inspiring me? So he has this twinkle in his eye, and, and he asked to be anonymous, so for the sake of this speech, I'm gonna use the name Hero, and we'll see why in a minute if you didn't already. He smiled, he said, I know a secret. I know the secret to success and happiness in life. I said, okay, Cliffhanger, you wanna tell me? Like, what, what's the secret? Give me the goods. He said, there's two things in this world. There's things we control, and there's things we don't control. Okay, I've heard that, keep going. What we control are our thoughts, our speech, and our deeds, our action. And what we don't control is everything else. The circumstances, the, the situations and issues that happen around you, your environment. He said, so what I do is I give what I control, my thoughts, my speech, my deeds, to positivity, and I give what I don't control, everything else, to Hashem. I said, okay. Great, 
How? Explain it to me. I've heard this before. I've heard most of this before, but, but you're living it, so explain it to me. He says what most people don't understand is everyone has adversity. Everyone. Everyone faces struggles and challenges and pain. He says, and the adversity is spiritually designed to bring out the best in us. And if we approach the adversity properly, we will thrive and become our best selves and build an unbelievable life. But if we don't, it will crush us. He said, you see, every single person inside of us has the spark of Hashem. Our neshama is a fire from the creator of the universe. So we have infinite, unbelievable, unimaginable power within us that we could be using at every given point in the day. In fact, there is so much power within us that there's more than we can even use in our lifetime. Digest that. We all have more potential and power inside of us than we can even use in our lives. So he told me, by using positivity with thought, speech, and deed, by using emunah and bitachon, when it comes to what you can't control, that's how you properly approach adversity. And by the way, I'll tell you what he's talking about. I'll give some examples. The toughest people on the planet facing the greatest adversity, uh, adversity in, in imagination are the Navy SEALs, okay? These guys are the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. You've never seen people like this in your life. And the Navy SEALs are put through a very tough process. They're put through circuits because they gotta filter the weak out. They need, to, they need to end up with the best of the best. So I'll give you an example. There's one circuit where they make them run a, a mile. It's called just one mile. Run one mile. What's the catch? They don't tell you when to stop. Five hours pass, 10 hours pass, 15 hours pass. People start to get nervous now, they start to panic. And slowly they start to fade away. 20 hours pass, 30 hours pass. And by the way, they're carrying weight on their backs and it's freezing. So they have hypothermia and their toenails are breaking. I'm saying this is, this is intense. When they were left with the group that won, as people dropped out, they were asking them, what happened, what happened, what happened? And then they asked the people who survived, what happened? And they all said the same thing, and it's exactly what my friend Hero at this party was telling me. When they're running, their thoughts start to feel the pain and say, this hurts, this hurts, I'm in pain, I'm tired, I'm cold. The guys who didn't counterpunch it, who didn't counterpunch the Yetzirah, dropped out. What did the guys who kept going do? I'm strong, I don't quit, I'm good, I'm outstanding, I'm warm, I got this. They literally spoke back to the negative thoughts. But then how come some of them started to drop out? Because eventually the pain becomes unbearable. Eventually you can't handle it. So what happened to the guys who stayed in? They started speaking out loud. I got this, I won't quit, I won't fall down, I won't, affirmation. They're saying it out loud, which by the way, scientifically has a lot of back research, right? Because it gets your brain and your subconscious to, to hear these pep talks and it gets, you, it gets you stronger. They would also visualize success. So they're using their thoughts and their speech, I'm, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna, and they're visualizing themselves strong, going to the finish line, being one of the guys to finish, and unbelievable. And then lastly, their action. They committed to die out on the field. They said, I will not die in the chair. There's no chance I'm quitting by going to sit down. If I quit, it's because my body gives out. And I'm not looking at the scoreboard. I'm not thinking about all the 30 hours that might be ahead of me. I'm gonna run to that tree, and then that tree and then that tree, and if that's too far, that rock, and that rock, and that rock. They compartmentalized and broke down their journey. And this is amazing because, by the way, religiously, spiritually, the Torah talked about this a thousand years ago. Why do you think it says judge favorably? Rabbi Nachman writes in the Kutei, it's that when you judge someone favorably, literally, you're changing that person. 
you will create a situation where that person will be more about what you're praising him about. He will embody what you're judging without you even telling him. So when you look at someone with eye and thoughts, you're giving them a chance to be better. So that's the power of thought. Power of speech, If you're judging unfavorably, at least don't speak it. Bless people, pray, right? Why are prayers, words are powerful. Hashem created the universe with words. And then there's action. If you're gonna talk you're not gonna judge unfavorably, at least do the mitzvot, act properly. And that's what my friend was describing. Hero, who I've met at this party, is telling me, he said, Isaac, I have to make a choice. I was born with something that I didn't understand why. And guess what, the doctors told me I was finished. And at first it got to me. And then I feel like I have to make a choice. So when the doctors and the negative thoughts said, you like this forever, you're never gonna walk, you know what he told himself? I'm gonna walk. I got this, I'm strong, I will not die in this wheelchair, I will stand up. And he visualized it. He visualized himself standing and walking and succeeding. And that's what he did. And by the way, when he broke his legs, car accident, he said, you know what? I'm gonna be down anyway, I might as well use this to train. I might as well use this to get stronger. I might as well use this period of time to grow and improve myself. And that's what he did. And the same thing with the speech. He spoke out, Baruch Hashem. There was one time he broke one of his legs. He texted me, I go, how you doing? Good, Baruch Hashem. I'm like, oh good, it, the x-ray came out. He's like, oh, I broke my leg. I said, why are you saying Baruch Hashem? He said, Hashem's great. Life is great. I'm strong. I got this. It's for my best. I'm going to do well. He spoke positive. And his action was the same thing. He didn't think about the low recovery. He didn't think about the rest of his life. How am I going to do this? He said, Isaac, I'm trying to bend my knee 30 degrees. And then the next day, 31 degrees. And then 32 degrees. I'm trying to walk to the living room. And then to the den. He's not thinking about his whole life. He's living in compartments. And you know what the result was? He was standing right in front of me. Medical anomaly to his doctors. They never saw something like this before where he's improving. When he broke his, bone, or his muscles, they said, your illness, you can't regenerate muscle. It's just not possible. It doesn't come with what you have. He regenerated muscle. And by the way, he recovered faster than most people in his condition because he had that strength and he was controlling his thought, speech, and deed. So now I'm sitting here, I said, okay, honey, you could go home. I'm, I'm gonna stay with this guy the rest of the night and you can hear the rest of the goods. What about the things you don't control? He says, He says, the problem is we think we need to understand something to believe it. The Yitzhak says, how could you believe something that, 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 that doesn't make sense? I broke my legs, it's for my best. He answered, I was like, you serious? You really think it's for your best? How is it for your best that you broke your legs? How is it for your best that you can't get married? That you can't have kids? That you, you're having business issues? How could that be for your best? That's what the answer says. But you know what the secret is? And this was written a thousand years ago. It's written also by Rabbi Nachman. The reward for the blind faith is understanding. The whole trick is when you believe without understanding, Hashem will help you understand. And by the way, that's what happened with my friend. Hero discovered that because he had his blind faith, so God gave him the ability to open his eyes and see how this was best. I'll give you a cute example. There's a guy on a boat. The boat crashes, he's on a deserted island. He builds himself a little hut, he builds himself a fire, he gathers some food. One night, the fire is going, he falls asleep. The fire travels, lights his hut on fire. He wakes up from the blaze, can't believe what he sees, his house is on fire, it's burning, he screams out, Hashem, why are you doing this to me? First, you put me on this island. I did nothing wrong. I built a house, I'm trying to make the best of it, and you burn it down. Why do you hate it? And the guy falls asleep with tears in his eyes. A few hours later, he wakes up with a tap on his nose. Somebody on a boat, we're here to rescue you. How'd you find me? We saw a huge fire from a distance. 
So he thought burning his home was a problem. It saved him. A nice analogy I like to give, which is cute, is my daughter. She's at the stage where she's crawling now, she's walking, she, she loves touching the outlet. And my daughter's feisty, she has my personality, it's very scary. She tries to touch the outlet, and when I tell her no, she, and she, and she wants to, she, no, I Meanwhile, she doesn't realize I'm saving her from electrocution. But in her mind, she wants it. We're the same way. Hashem, why are you not opening this door for me? Why isn't this working out? Hashem knows that what's on the other side of this door right now should not be open. So Hero was trying to explain to me that we have to have this emunah. We have to have this emunah. And that's what it all comes down to, is emunah and bitachon and recognizing that everything is for our best and everything is good, even when we don't understand it. And then the last piece, and then I'm gonna pass it on to Gedalia, is gratitude. He said, how could I be upset about my legs if I could see color? I could breathe air. He goes, I can eat something and taste the deliciousness of the food and derive nourishment from and digest it properly. I get to call up my friend and connect with him. I get to get in the car. We, we take for granted the littlest things. Look at us. We're under the stars together with beautiful human beings about to hear beautiful Musad. He says, Isaac, that's what it's about. It's about focusing on the good. You have to focus on the good. And it's very hard. The Yetzirah has an account, but you count the punch, just like the Navy SEALs. So the reason I wanted to open with this message is because Gedalia is going to give us gold. But we can't just let it sit in the brain. Otherwise, it's just going to be another night where we heard a class and went home. We need it to come down to the heart. And the way it comes down to the heart is taking it from the brain and realizing that it can go to the heart because we have what it takes. We have what it takes for greatness. If my friend Hero was able to take his condition, which I guarantee I'll speak to myself, I can't handle, and he was able to get to a point where people are going to him for advice, he's speaking on stages, he's happier, he's giving me advice about me being down, I'm calling him and venting to him about my life. Meanwhile, what is he overcoming? So my message tonight is this. Let's open our hearts, let's open our minds, let's open our souls, let's hear what God has to say. Let's believe in ourselves. Let's have emunat atmi, ahmat atmi. Let's believe in Hashem. And bezat Hashem, I pray, I bless all of us that we should all have emunat shelema, bitahon shelema, and do our hishtadu to the best of our ability to become our best selves and live our greatest lives. Amen. Thank you.